0: Greetings. This is Splinters. I'm Gary Rogowski. Thanks for joining us. The world keeps changing on us. Keep up. So we are changing our focus a little bit this summer at the studio and now starting to offer some online classes, some online lectures first that I hope will be well attended and received. The subject of our first lecture is going to be milling lumber from rough to finish. This could arguably be called a foundation lecture, a lecture of such importance to you and your work that it should not be missed. So important to have your, your work milled up, flat, square, untwisted, and there are some techniques. And actually, as part of our mastery program, it's, the, it's one of the lectures in the very first day of our mastery program. It's that important, I think. So this first webcast will be on July 1st, Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. West Coast time. I hope you'll join us. But it reminds me of years ago when I was just out of college and I needed work. And I I had taken on all sorts of odd jobs. and, And then I found this guy one day in a parking lot with a wheelbarrow on the back of his pickup truck. And I said, that guy works in construction. So I walked up to him. and I said, you need any help? And this guy's name was Harvey. And Harvey said, yeah, maybe. Had me come out to a job next week. And I knew how to hold on to a shovel. So uh, there I was. I got a job on the low end of the construction totem pole. But it was good work. It was outside. And Harvey was a good guy to work for. He was a tough guy, though, to work for. and that He didn't exhibit a lot of common sense sometimes. So when he poured concrete, He never used knee pads when he finished the the pour out. He would kneel down on a piece of half-inch plywood and uh, and do his work. And so that's what I did, too. So after some years of being an altar boy, kneeling, and then contracting some weird knee disease when I was a kid, Osgood-Schlatter disease, that was painful. And then uh, bad knees in high school, I proceeded to... For a year and a half, wreck my knees, kneeling with Harvey on pieces of plywood. He'd stab his with the, the end of his trowel and pick it up and move it along to the next section and smooth that out. He was good at it. Get me wrong, he was good at it. But it is uh, back-breaking work and knee-ruining <laughs> work. And at the end of the day, all you could look at were some. Flat driveways and some sidewalks and some short walls sticking up out of the ground. Not a huge sense of satisfaction. But one of the upsides of the job was that we poured early in the morning, 7 a.m., 8 a.m., got the mud down. Hopefully it wasn't going to rain. And then we'd go get breakfast. We would always go get breakfast. We'd go to these spots that we knew. Depending on where we were pouring, there were favorite spots that Harvey liked to go to breakfast the Mansard on, on Sandy. And then there was another place on Sandy and some places out in Gresham. Yeah, we'd go to these spots all the time. Get breakfast, leisurely, go back to work after an hour and finish things out because there was no point standing around watching the mud dry. So uh, that was one of the benefits. Year-round work for the most part, but it was it was great working outside. And so that's how I... That's how I got started, actually, building furniture. People say, well, you must have taken shop class. And, nah, I did in sixth grade. That's uh, the only shop class I had. And surprisingly enough, at at Reed College, where I went to college, there was no shop class there, so, surprisingly. it's You think back, boy, there should have been. And and in truth, there should have been, but there wasn't. I, I saw Harvey at the end of his days and on the weekends, building furniture. I'd go over to his house, and he had a little garage shop, and he was building furniture with his table saw. And I thought, well, geez, if, if Harvey can do this, maybe I can too. That's one of the several influences on, on me, and I decided to teach myself how to how to build furniture. What I didn't know about was wood. I taught myself how to be relatively safe with the machines, relatively because I did get bit a couple of times early on, but I didn't know anything about wood. You think you know about wood. Okay, this this end is the end grain, and this is the long grain, and it splits this way, but it doesn't split this way, and that's some very base, basic stuff. But over the years, I learned a great deal about it. And the coming lecture on, on milling lumber will talk about some of the qualities of wood and some of the defects that we run into and how to look for them. Sometimes they're they're hidden, and sometimes you can mill them out, and sometimes it's best avoiding a stick. I'll talk about some of those issues. This will be a webcast so that folks can see what I'm talking about and watch me use the machines. I think one of the issues about Internet classes is how much if not bad information, risky information there is out there. And so I hope to help clear up some things. I am a big fan of push sticks at my machines. And so that's a a big part of uh, the safety features, but also an awareness of how we go about doing our work. And I think that's as important as anything, particularly with uh, the joiner and its use and its importance in milling up lumber. And also the concept of your good days and your stupid days and having habits in place for your stupid days. So that webcast is going to be on Zoom. It's going to be July 1st from 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. God, why do we keep changing the clocks? I'm not going to get off on that. But anyway, it's going to be from 5 to 7 on Zoom. And you can go to the website and sign up for it. It's under online lectures. So we're going to give this a try as COVID cases keep spiking and there's misinformation and no information, and we are still in the dark some months after all this stuff. I'm going to try this. I know there's a lot of people who are still at home, not venturing out, and I hope that the word of this will will reach them and they'll join us for this webcast. I think it's an interesting way of... Reaching out to folks, uh, but the ability to use machines and demonstrate has a little advantage over just talking about it. I'll be working with my chop saw briefly, my bandsaw, and joiner and planer, and then finish up with our table saw. But those are the machines that I'll be I'll be using and talking about. The first hour of the chat, though, will be about wood and and understanding the defects and what to look for when you're buying, those kinds of issues. Getting back to this idea of foundations, I was working uh, out in my shack out in the country last month making birdhouses. And I had some pine siding, some rough edge siding, and I was making birdhouses out of this stuff. And I said, well, you know, I'm just going to cut this stuff up, rough it out on the table saw and get a sort of a straight edge and and you know, I'll screw it together. and It'll be fine. And you know, it was interesting. I was able. You know, I made three or four birdhouses. That was fun. And uh, got tenants in a hurry. Boy, so that was that was nice. But it was interesting in that with twisted and bowed, cupped lumber. Man, it's tough to build. And and I found that I was constantly you know making adjustments down the road because a piece was sticking out. Bulging out on the side, I needed to put another piece on top, and I'd have to take a hand plane to it. And So the importance of milling your lumber properly was brought back home to me once again. How easy it makes your joinery, your construction methods, whatever they may be, whether it's screwing something together or gluing it with joints, whatever your construction methods may be, having flat, straight lumber makes a huge difference in your, in your woodworking life. And so that's, that's what I mean by a foundational course. This is basic stuff that if you don't have worked out, really comes back to bite you. And, and so I hope to uh, fill in a lot of blanks for, for some folks. Uh, I, I do approach it from a machine point of view. I, th- I think, um, well, for me, life is too short to be milling up my lumber by hand. And so taking advantage of the joiner and planer are a big, big part of it. And the bandsaw, of course, is my favorite machine. So we'll be talking about all of those as well. Back when I was building furniture, custom furniture, one of the challenges of this endeavor, of this, oh, such a tough endeavor, was uh, estimating the next job, particularly jobs that were interesting, which meant I was ignorant as to how to build them. I needed to have some idea of how to figure this stuff out. And so I would break my jobs down and keep track of the time. I used to plug in a clock when I was working, and when I was scratching my head, I would unplug the clock because I figured that was education time. I wasn't going to charge the client for that. But I would figure my time based on some major components, and one was milling up lumber. And so that was after design work, milling the lumber was the number one and most important job. Then came joinery. Then came what I called shaping, sanding, and assembly. And that was a huge part of the job. The fussing part, the shaping, the sanding, the fitting part, and finally finish. And I was able to estimate finish time pretty well. And I was able to estimate my mill work time pretty well. As, uh, As I got more experience, I realized... With the equipment that I had, I could mill seven and a half board feet of cherry per hour. That's what I figured out. So I was able to plug that number in. I was usually pretty much right on the mark with that. But it's an important part of each job, is that millwork, because it's the basis for your joinery. Now, what about machines? I've got a resident student now, Adam, who's starting to buy some machines, buy some find and buy some used machinery. And... The issue is always, well, how big, how good, how expensive? And you can find used stuff. Basically, it's a rental program. You buy a, my first joiner was a four-inch joiner. You buy it, you use it, you realize, oh, this is way too small, it's way too short a bed, So you sell it to someone else, and they use it for a while until they discover that it's no good for them. And you move on up. There are things you need to pay attention to, but I'm not really going to get into this during the, the webcast. I think probably the most important things are weight, mass, which is why older machines I prefer uh, to help dampen vibration, flat surfaces uh, on your tables, your fences, uh, making sure those surfaces are flat, and enough power to, to do the job that, that you want to get done. There are things, however, that need to be tuned on all these machines to make them safer, safer and more accurate. Uh, for instance, on the joiner, I have I've found that uh, using a spiral cutter head makes a world of difference in my time spent fussing with the knives, but also the quality of the cut. Those are a huge investment. With those spiral knives, I don't even worry about grain direction now. If I'm taking a light cut, 32nd of an inch, and going slow enough, I don't even have to worry about grain direction. That's a big plus. Little things like that uh, make a difference. So on my bandsaw, it's a three-tooth hook pattern blade, so it's a more aggressive rip-cutting blade. And that's important when I'm milling because I rip all my lumber on the bandsaw. Little things like that help that process go much more smoothly. So our chat on July 1st, again, is on Zoom from 5 to 7 West Coast time, discussion of wood and defects and my two-step milling process, rough milling and final milling. Coming up, there are more lectures coming up in this summer. I guess foundational lectures is still a good way to talk about them. Uh, My five best hand planes to have at the bench, July 22nd, and then my top five machines is August 12th. Always fun. Always fun, so I hope you'll join us for those uh, for those lectures. And then in August we're going to try a one day online workshop. see how that goes on inlay secrets. There's actually a lot we can do and it doesn't require that kind of over the shoulder approach that maybe sawing dovetails sometimes requires. so, Check out those things on our website, northwestwoodworking.com. Buy me a coffee. Ask me a question uh, on the coffee site. And hope to see you on uh, July 1st for our Zoom lecture. Maiden voyage. All right. Hang in there. Do your best. Take care. Bye-bye.